Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thank you for listening this Thursday, April 1st, 2021. Have you gotten pranked yet? Topics on today's episode include longer-term locks and an interview with my friend Meg about refinancing her home. Today's podcast is presented by Stratmore Group. Stratmore Group is a leading mortgage industry advisory firm that provides a range of advisory services and programs designed to counsel lender CEOs and senior executives. Stratmore serves more than 250 companies annually, providing solutions that increase growth and improve profitability in sales, marketing, technology, operations, and mergers and acquisitions. Find out more about Stratmore on its website at stratmoregroup.com. With the recent rise in rates, lock desks are once again fielding questions about long-term locks, meaning beyond 90 days, up to a year, from borrowers and LOs spooked by the market. It used to be that borrowers weren't allowed to pay extended rate lock fees, which are separate from rate extensions that can be paid by the borrower. But now, since extended rate locks are not a borrower fee related to the loan transaction, charges for this service will not be disclosed on the GFE or on the HUD-1. Builders have always been interested in long-term locks, and builder business is pretty strong currently. Of course, secondary market prices are traditionally poor when locks go out that far, and hedging the stuff is incredibly hard. The mortgage-backed security market is most liquid one to three months out, and builder business goes out six to nine months, if not more. Is the LO going to financially stand behind a nine-month rate lock? Of course not. LOs used to laugh at the one to two-point fee quoted for extended locks, but there has been a four to six-point move in the last three months. As a quick tutorial, one can't really sell mortgage-backed security today that settles or closes in six months, but companies can collect an upfront sizable fee and or turn to options, like puts and calls. Buying a put from a broker-dealer gives you the option, not the obligation, to sell something in the future at a certain price. A builder who likes the rates and pricing six months from now could pony up one and a half to two points, and the lender could use it to buy a put. But most LOs never want to hear that. Nor do builders who often want lenders to guarantee today's rates and prices. Still, many lenders offer extended locks out to 90 days. The mortgage-backed security market actively trades out there, and sometimes investors will go out to 120 days if the client pays a deposit, usually a 1% fee. Different investors handle this differently. Some will treat the upfront fee of half a point to a point as non-refundable, others will refund it if the loan is denied, and others are very willing to count it towards closing costs. But capital markets folks continue to remind LOs that there is no free money. The commitments are rarely transferable, meaning that if the builder finds a buyer, or then the buyer cancels, the rate lock can't be given to someone else. And other lenders may offer some custom construction clients some type of float-down option at today's prices. But usually the borrower pays interest until then. For today's guest, I wanted to bring on a friend of mine. Megan Sinclair, fresh back from Costa Rica. Hot off the to become a friend of the podcast. Hi, welcome to the Christian commentary. I got rid of the hi. Uh, she owns a home in South Austin that she refinanced in August. And what were rates when you refinanced? 2.8 something, I think. 2.875% rate. That's pretty good. Yeah, down from 4% before. At what point did you consider refinancing? When they said it was three quarters of a percent, a full percent? When it went to 3%, it was like a full percent drop 
I was like, oh, wow, I need to look at this. And then it went lower. And that's when he said, you need to lock this in now. And I was in. So was it the the lender you originally used reached out to you or maybe they sold a loan and you got somebody else that was that you were sending your monthly payments to? Those people reach out to you or like a third random company that somehow got your information? Somebody that works for the same company name that I originally worked with to originate my loan. But then, yeah, you're, they sold the loan to some other person who I paid monthly. But the sales company was the one who still reached out to me again and did a new loan. And I think they've sold it off again. From does, my does it bother you? Does it bother you either time that it was sold off? No, I don't care as long as I am paying for the house and the money is actually paying off my house and not going to some sketchy black hole. So that company that you used to refinance, it was your original lender. Did, did I guess you enjoyed the experience enough the first time around to say this is worth it a second time? Yeah, they're like, a, from my understanding, kind of a mass factory of loans, but they get the job done and sometimes there's delays, but I knew that was coming and I'd always have to email them a lot for updates because they didn't think to email me and let me know what had happened if there was a change in the process um, or it moved along the flow. But either way, it didn't bother me because they were offering the lowest rate at the end of the day and that matters in the long run. How long did the refinance process take from when you started to the close? I think it was probably a month. A month's not bad. I heard of times up to like eight or nine months going on from some major uh, lenders, as you say. Oh, but, definitely not that long. So that's good that it worked out for you. In the, when you first bought the home, why did you decide to go with some big lender versus anything else? How'd you choose them? Yeah, good question. I looked at three options, shopped around, because you should shop around for every part of the process. And I went, looked at my realtor, had a recommendation of a local mortgage person that he works with. And then I had a friend recommendation of another local one. And then I did the online mass loan factory options just to see what they were offering. And when I looked at all the numbers, the online guy could get the percentage, like I think 0.25% lower than all the other ones. So I went with him. So if those other ones were within an eighth of a percentage point, is there any way you would have considered them or for other reasons you would have gone with them or were you just looking for the lowest rate flat out from? For that instance, I was just looking for the lowest option, uh, save money at the end of the day. But I think in the future, maybe if it was within an eighth, I would consider local because they probably give you a more personalized experience and actually care about your process, whereas the online guys probably don't care at all. Something you could have done would be take the lock commitment from this lender and go to a local lender and ask them to match it if you were intent on that. Not that I'm I did do that. Oh, you did? And they didn't match yeah. it? Oh, and wow. the guy said like, sorry, I can't beat that. So I understand if you want to go with that offer. They can't always make exceptions on rates. Yeah. Hmm. What product did you choose for refinancing? What was the length of the line? Did you do a 30-year fixed or a, a 7-1 arm or a 15-year fixed or what did you do? 
Oh, I sold my first child. No, I I looked at different options. I looked at going down to a 25 or 15 year, but that would increase my monthly payment significantly out of what I can afford and didn't make sense for me at this time of my life. So I just went with the 30 year fixed again. Consider yourself lucky because right now the the average 30 year rate now is closer to three and a quarter percent, if not three and a half percent. Nice. Yeah. Is there anything you really enjoy or like didn't enjoy throughout the process or enjoyed? Well, on the refinance, they kept telling me like, there's basically no cost to you. And I kept thinking there's got to be some catch how there was no cost to me because there's still all the closing costs. You have to redo the whole closing experience all over again and sign the mountain of papers again. But the lender gave a massive lender credit like $5,000 lender credit to basically offset all the closing costs uh, to make it a virtually no cost to me refinance. And I still don't fully understand everything that happened and why they gave me the credit and how it works for them. But I know for me, it saved me money in the long run. Do you know why they gave it to you? You didn't ask for it. It doesn't sound like no, they, I mean, that was part of his sales pitch initially was we're going to give you this lender credit if you refinance. And that so, was, yeah, that was my next question was at what point in the process did they tell you? So that's interesting if they told you up front and it actually worked out that way, there were no unforeseen costs on your end. No. And they even like waived the getting the appraisal done and everything since I had already had an appraisal like four years prior and yeah, there was nothing else. I think at the end of the day, maybe cost me somewhere around four hundred or five hundred dollars out out of pocket, but that money would be quickly offset by the monthly savings and the change in my monthly payment. It my monthly payment dropped, I think, close to four hundred dollars a month. That's true. Year. Although you need to remember that you're making those monthly payments for longer because you reset the loan term on the loan. But yeah, you're, it's, it's a good deal. You got a great rate. You should be very happy. Thank you for coming on the Crispin Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I think this is valuable information for lenders. Oh, I must say thanks. It was such a pleasure. Do it again. For listeners, you can follow me on... Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A couple was celebrating 50 years together. They're three kids, all very successful, agreed to a Sunday dinner in their honor. Happy anniversary, mom and dad, gushed son number one. Sorry I'm running late. I had an emergency at the hospital with a patient. You know how it is, and I didn't have time to get you a gift. Not to worry, said the father. The important thing is that we're all together today. Son number two arrived and announced, You and mom look great, dad. I just flew in from LA between depositions and didn't have time to shop for you. It's nothing, said the father. We're glad you were able to come. Just then the daughter arrived. Hello and happy anniversary. I'm sorry, but my boss is sending me out of town and I was really busy packing, so I didn't have time to get you anything. After they finished dessert, the father said, there's something your mother and I have wanted to tell you for a long time. You see, we were very poor. Despite this, we were able to scrimp and save and send each of you to college. Throughout the years, your mother and I knew that we loved each other very much, but we just never found the time to get married. The three, tri- the three children gasped and cried out, you mean we're bastards? Yep, replied the father, and cheap ones, too. (laughs) Thanks again to our sponsor, Stratmore Group.
the trusted mortgage advisory with advisors who guide lenders to make smart strategic decisions, solve complex challenges, improve the borrower experience, increase profitability, and accelerate growth. Be sure to check out the Stratmore website at stratmoregroup.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.